blessing because it just stood out to me how much that was so in his life. Do you recall when he said, he talked about how he had just gotten saved, how he had run from the Lord, and he went to Brother Copeland's meeting, and then like the second meeting he was at, Brother Copeland came over there and stood in front of him and said, "Uh, Jerry Savelle, uh, you and I are going to be a team, and we're going to preach together all over the world, what did he say, till the end of, for the rest of our lives. How many of you remember he said that? And he looked at Carolyn and he said, what does that mean? And Carolyn says, I reckon we're moving to Fort Worth. Well, how many of you kind of know the rest of that story? That he moved to Fort Worth and Brother Copeland told him, I reckon you're going to have to believe for a salary because I don't have any money to pay you. You all remember that part of that story? Do you think it's a coincidence that blessing happened in Brother Jerry's life? Or because... Immediately, when the man of God spoke into his life, they took steps to go in that direction, no matter what they saw or what they felt or what they had or what the devil said. Immediately, they began to do what God told them to do. Do you recall that happening? Do you think it's a coincidence that Brother Jerry is blessed and everybody gives him motorcycles and everybody gives him stuff? It's not coincidences that these things happening. I've heard it happen over and over in his life that the Lord tells him to do something and he stops what he's doing and he does it. I've heard it happen in Brother Copeland's life. I've heard it happen in Brother Hagen's life. And I know it's happened in our life. Do you remember the part that he told about... He's there, and he's talking about um, Brother Oral. And now listen to this for just a minute, and I just want you to be honest as you can be. Honest as you can be. You're at your house. You get a phone call at 9 o'clock in the morning, and it's Keith Moore. You're in a different state. Okay, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. And Keith Moore says, I want you to be, you're in Florida, I want you to be in Branson by 11 o'clock. Or they're in Texas, they, he wanted them to be in Oklahoma by 11 o'clock. That was the case. So we'll say a state away. Say Keith, you're in Texas, and Keith wants you to be in Oklahoma by 11 o'clock. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. You have a wife, you have two kids. What do you do? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's real easy to say. You don't have any money. Brother Jerry wasn't wealthy. You have to remember where Brother Jerry was then. And he had a wife and two kids. Think about these things. It's real easy to spit something out of your mouth and say, do it and make plans, but how many of you would actually do it? How many of you would actually do it? He had two hours to drop everything that he was doing and do that. He said, Brother Oral said, 
Brother Jerry, I want to see you after he preached that sermon. You remember what I'm talking about, right? He preached a sermon, The Fourth Man in the Fire. And Brother Oral's secretary, Miss Ruth, called and said, Brother Oral wants you to see him in his office at 11 o'clock. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. Brother Jerry drops everything that he's doing <coughs> and goes to his office and is there at 11 o'clock. He didn't know where it was. He didn't know how to get there. He didn't, I mean, he didn't hesitate. He dropped everything he was doing and he got to his office. Why is Brother Jerry one of the favored of the Lord? Honor. Honor. He honors God. He honors the things of God. He honors the men of God. And when you honor God and God's things... What can God do for you? It can make it seem like you become God's favorite. Because it opens doors for you and opens things and puts things in your path. Because you have done what God told you to do, therefore God can do things for you. People don't understand this. They think that they can just quote scriptures and that they can just do things, but then when God tells them to do something that's uncomfortable to them or uneasy for them or hard for them, well, that doesn't really make it... Do y'all hear my phone dinging? Probably I should turn it off, right? (laughs) Who is texting me? Oh, it's Branson texting. They should know we're in service, right? (laughs) Um. Honoring God opens the door for him to honor you back. Did you know the word honor and respect were synonyms? Now let's go back to English class. How many of you know what a synonym is? Uh, Only half of you do, so let's, let's tell you what it is. A synonym is a word or a phrase that means the same or almost the same. So honor and respect, people get confused about the word honor. They get confused when you use honor the Lord. Well, think about it as respect the things of the Lord. It would make it a lot simpler on you if you would just think of it this way. Respect the things of the Lord. Respect when God tells you to do something. Respect what he tells you to do. Does that make it a little bit easier on you to understand? So respect when Brother Oral calls and tells you to come. What do you do? You go. Now, so many people have lost sight of this in our generation. Just recently, I was dealing with a situation, and the person was very disrespectful to me, and they should have known better than to be so disrespectful. But the Lord said, I mean, just almost spoke to me in my spirit and said, um, the reason that people are disrespectful to people that are supposed to be over them is because they're not disrespectful to people. They're disrespectful to God. They've never learned to be respectful to God and the things of God. 
They've never learned that. Now, how many Catholics do we have in here? Former Catholics, I'll put it that way. Raise your hand. Now, there's some things that people don't like about Catholics. And they've not liked about them. But there are also some things, I think every denomination has something that we can glean from them that, that you don't need to put anybody down, but there's something you need to, like every person, maybe they have a bad point, but they've also got some good points you should look out for and find them. There's something about the Catholic Church that I think could be brought into other churches. When you walk in the Catholic Church, there's a reverence and a respect and an honor. How many Catholics think that? You walk in there, it's quiet. You're not drinking and eating in the Catholic Church. It ain't happening. You don't do it. There's just a, a reverential awe when you go into the Catholic Church. Now, I was, I was reared in the Catholic Church all my life. And there's a major difference. You don't want to get stay and, and, and rigid. But then on the other hand, on the other hand, You can go too far in the ditch on the other side. And you can get a little bit too casual with the things of God. Now, I'm going to explain a couple of things to you. I get a little, and I'm going to get on the Phyllis wagon just a little bit. But I think you'll understand what I'm talking about in honoring God. I am God's favorite. I just want you to know that. And there's not a thing in the world. Keith will ask me, Phil, we just had our anniversary. He'll say, Phil, what do you want for your anniversary? You need to think of something. And I'm like, sweetheart, I can't think of a thing in the world that I want. I've got everything any any girl in the world could ever dream of. I don't know a thing. And, you know, I thought I wanted that car. God just gave it to me. I thought I wanted a ring. God just gave it to me. There's not a thing in the world that I know of that I want. Not anything. Anything. I'm perfectly content. Perfectly content. People give me money all the time. You saw me just the other night. How many did I? Dave said, do you know how much money you handed out? I said, no, and I don't care. I'll get more where that came from. Because people are handing it to me just all the time. Every time I go somewhere, people are just handing me wads of money. It just happens to me all the time. Because I'm God's favorite. But do you know why I'm God's favorite? Because I honor Him. Just like today. It's not my thing. You know it. I know it. To be up here. But I don't care about what Phyllis wants. Sometimes you have to do things that you don't want to do. Sometimes you have to put your flesh under and get up and do things you have no desire to do. And you have to do it over and over and over again, whether you want to or not. Because you have more of a desire to please God than you do to please you. And that's what matters. 
Now, back to the honor thing. I see people all the time. I think you, there's, there's certain places. I think there's certain things. I think there's certain people that deserve honor. And I think we should think about these things continuously. I think they should be in the forefront of our mind. I guarantee you, if you look at the people that God has blessed, like you hear Brother Jerry. How many of you heard him tell it? He's blessed. He's got so much stuff. He's just blessed coming in, blessed going out. I feel exactly the same way. But I know him well enough to know. I know different people that God has honored and blessed. And I know how they think. I know I served with the Hagans for decades, personally, up close, really, really close. And I would have never, in almost the 25 years, 30 years that I served with them, I was in the bathroom with them getting ready, helping them get dressed for decades. But I never once, not one time, felt that I had a place to say something out of line to one of them or to correct them or to tell them they were wrong about something. Now, we were close. Don't get me wrong. I was with mom sometimes 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 14 days a week, 30 days a month. And don't kid yourself. They're people. And they can get upset. I've had them both jump on me. I've had them both lose their cool with me. I've had them both snap at me. But I never once got upset with them. I never once thought, who are they? I never once thought, I'm walking away from here. I never once thought, what right have they got? Never crossed my mind. Because I thought it was an honor to be there. I never lost sight of what an honor and a privilege it was for me to be there. I always kept that in my forefront. Now, yes, sometimes I would get tired at 2 o'clock in the morning when I had to go and do some therapies with mom. I'd cry with Keith and I'd say, I just don't know if I can physically do it anymore trying to do our stuff, their stuff, run our ministry, do, I would physically get tired. And I'd say, I just don't know if I can physically do it anymore. And he'd say, and he'd pray over me. He'd say, come on, you got it. Let's do it. But never get bitter. Because I always kept them in their place. Always. God's graced us to have a relationship with Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria. We've spent a lot of hours with them. 
We've never lost sight of their place in our life. We've never lost sight of respect. We honor them. We honor the position they have in our lives. We would never go to Brother Hagan or Brother Copeland and say, that was wrong what you taught. Let me give you this verse on it. I would never go to mom and say something like, you know what, you shouldn't do that today or, you know what, that wasn't right what you were thinking about that. Never would have crossed my mind. To do that. So much so that I had people at the very end of her life try to get me to do something and they looked at me, family, and say, you get her to do this because she trusts you. I said, I'm not getting her to do that. That's why she trusts me. Because I never tried to manipulate her or never tried to do these things to her. Now, Brother Jerry is the same way. How long has he been around Brother Copeland? 50 years. I have been around them very, 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 very closely. He has never, ever, ever once corrected Brother Kenneth. Never. He has a place. If anybody would have a place in his life to do that, he would have a place to do it. He'd have a place that Brother Kenneth would listen to him. He respects him. But why does he respect him? There should be people in your life that way that you totally honor and you hold them and you're not, you're not honoring and putting on a pedestal that man. You're honoring and putting on a pedestal men of God that God has placed in your life that way. Amen. And you should almost, in a sense, worship them in that way. I'm telling you, I don't need or want anything. But for the last 40 plus years, I have served men of God closely. Women of God closely. With great respect and great honor. And never doubted them. Do I think maybe I might have done it different sometime? Maybe. But the older I get, I look back on it and I think, maybe I wouldn't have. It's like Shireen said the other day, she was talking to me about something and, and she said, you know what, if I'd have been behind those closed doors and saw all that they saw, I probably would have done it exactly the same way that they did it. You don't know. And the older you get, the more you realize, maybe you'd have done it the same way they did it. And I'm not bragging on me. I'm trying to explain to you how to get the blessings of God in your life. I want you to have everything that I've got in my life. I want you to have all the good stuff. I don't work and I don't stand and I don't believe for everything that I've got in my life. It has just been like Jerry. It has just fallen on me like ripe cherries off of a tree. 
I don't, I don't have to just wait and, oh, God, can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? I don't even think about it. My favorite verse in the Bible is, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and honor God and all these things will be added to you. And I believe it with all my heart and soul and mind and strength. I think there's places that deserve places of honor. I see people in here, and I see them letting their kids run up all around the altar in here and all up on the platform and all up on the steps, and and I see them in here drinking and eating and doing things. I would never. I think this is a holy place. I think this podium area... I think this area altar, especially when the music starts and those kind of things. I think, I think it's... A, let me read you a verse. I think you'll remember it. Exodus 3, verse 4. I think you'll remember it. How many of you know Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? And the Lord, I am the Lord God, I change what? Not. Not. So these things don't change. Exodus 3, verse 4 and verse 5. And when the Lord saw that he'd turned aside to see, God called him out into the midst of the bush and said to Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Draw not hither. Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place whereon you standing is holy ground. And that's out in the middle of the desert. So if there was a place with holy ground then, you reckon there's any places in the whole wide world today that there could be some holy ground that applies in our lives? I think there is. I think we need to to draw back just a little bit and begin to look in our hearts instead of just letting everything be common. Everything is not common with God. People have tried to make everything common. They've tried to not make anything special about coming to church. They've tried to not... You know, a few weeks ago, Keith taught this sermon. I don't know how many of you saw it recently again on TV. He taught it in the churches, and then he taught it again on TV, that they they want to make church, you know, basically... um, natural, commonplace and stuff. So, So what makes it special? Well, God makes it special. God makes it holy. God makes it anointed. We should be able to to come in here and because we've kept it as a holy anointed place, people can come in here and they can feel the anointing when they come in here. That if they have things bothering them, that when they come in here, the anointing is so strong that it just breaks the chains off of them. Because we haven't kept it so common. If you want to eat and drink and party and turn your lights up and do things that you want to do, great, go find a place to do that. But this should be God's place. If you want to think about what you're going to eat later, great. You got, you got how many other hours in a week besides these two? 166? 266, whatever it is. I didn't even hear what he said, but you know what I'm talking about. We should have this time 
that we're taking this time to honor God. Honor Him. To where if you bring your spouse in here and they hadn't been living right, they are fighting the whole time that they're in here. The anointing of God. They're having to fight it off of them. Because it is so strong in here. Because we're honoring Him the whole time that we're in here. We're thinking about, God, I love you. I honor you. I'd do anything you ask me to do. I love you so much, God. I honor you so much. I love you so much. I honor you, Lord. I honor you. I'm not thinking about my kids. I'm not thinking about my job. I'm not thinking about what's going to happen next week. I'm not thinking about what I'm going to eat after this. I'm not thinking about who I can invite. I'm not texting anybody. I'm not doing this. God, I honor you. I honor you. Because we do. He gives us our breath. He gives us our life. He gives us everything that we have. And when we do this, we become honored. And we become His favorite. I'd like to, I'd like to convince you all that I'm His favorite. And He wouldn't do it for you. I'm, Key, I'm Keith's favorite. I'm God's favorite. I just get everything I want and you can't have it. Nah, 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 nah. But it's just not true. It's just not true. Any person that will do what Brother Jerry or I have done can be God's favorite. And that's what I noticed that night when I was sitting over there. I noticed everything that God told Brother Jerry to do, he didn't hesitate. It wasn't like, let's think about it and let's pray about it for six months or let's, let's quandary over the kids or let's quandary over Carolyn or let's, let's think about these things. I know recently, you probably all know he had that severe heart spell. You know, when the Lord asked him, you quitting? He got right back up and started going again, full speed ahead. He has not stopped, buddy. He is going. He's going with Brother Kenneth. The Lord dealt, exactly. The Lord dealt with him, not, not only not to slow down, he took on Brother Kenneth's schedule. He's got his schedule. He's going full steam ahead. So why would the Lord deal with us to give him an airplane? Because he knows people's heart. The Lord will bless you ahead of time. That's why he blessed him as a kid. He knew what he was going to do in the future. The Lord will, pardon my language because I don't know a better word for it, but the Lord will bless you on credit. Because he knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He knows if you make an adjustment in your heart in here today, and you plan, Lord, I'm going to honor you. I don't know what care what I've done in the past, but I make a purpose to honor you in here today with everything I have in my life, every dime I have, every thought I have, every part of my being that I have, just like what that song was saying. Saying, that's my desire, Lord. You're going to have so many blessings coming on you, you won't have room enough to contain them. And you don't have to think about the blessings. You have to think about Him. Amen. And doing Amen. what he says. Yes. It's just the way God works. It's just the way he is. You honor his things. You honor his people. I've seen people. You know, I've seen them take their Bibles, the holy word of God, and throw it in the back seat of their car, throw it on the floorboard of their car. And I think, I just cringe. Because that's no respect for God. 
It doesn't mean anything to them. And I think, I take mine and I cherish it. And I'm careful with it. If you've ever seen Keith, what does Keith do? Be careful with my Bible. Don't, you hold my Bible just right. Don't. It's more important to him than his clothes. It's more important to him than the most expensive watch he's got, the most expensive ring he's got. If you ever travel with him, it's the very first thing. Watch that Bible. He watches you as you move this podium. Have you ever seen him? If his Bible's on it, the first thing he does is he comes up here and he's, he's like, you ever seen him? You'll start noticing him now. Or he notices who's coming up here to move this. Why is that? Because that's the most valuable thing he's got. And you may say, well, they make Bibles every day. But this is his. This is his. And it's valuable to him. Because it contains the words of life. It contains valuable and precious things that God has given him. And he's written it in there. And it's how we honor God in our lives. You need to sit down and you need to write down, God, I honor you in these ways. And I honor these people. And this is what I do. How do you honor him? What do you do with your life? There ought to be ways that you honor him, that he's asked you to do things that you just, lack of a better word again, despise doing it, but you do it just because you love Him. You do it just because you love Him. It's not something you would normally choose to do with your flesh, like get up in front of people. But you do it just because you love Him, and you trust Him to help you do it to the best of your ability. You don't do it begrudgingly. You don't do it because you, you, you're being made to do it. You do it because you love Him. With all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and body. Because you love Him. You give it everything you got because you love Him. Now, I'm going to read you something, and everybody knows this, but I don't think we've seen it in the light. <coughs> when I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord... Show me the, one of the best stories about honor. I said, I, I don't know if I can get it out and express it the way that I want to. A story about honor in the Bible. And I, woke up, I was awakened at 4.30 this morning and the Lord said this story. And I think it will bless you. I love it when he gives me the answer. 2 Samuel 6. It says, this is King James, just verse 1. I'm going to read the whole chapter. you got time, don't you? It's just 11.30 or 10.30, what time? 11.30, okay? 10.30 in Branson. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Bali of Judah to bring up up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God up on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibba. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. Now notice the names 
and who it was that was in charge of the new cart. You got that? Abinadab. The, ha- the cart was at the house of Abinadab. And the boys, what's his name? Uzziah and Ahizo, or, or Ohio, um, sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ohio went before the ark, and David and all his house, the house of Israel, played before the ark of the Lord on all manner of instrument, made of fir wood, even on harps, and on psalteries, and on timbrels, and on the cornets, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nab- Nabcon's, the threshing floor, Uzziah put forth his hand on the ark of God. Now let me ask you a question. Where had the ark been? At their house. Now what happens when something is at your house? You get comfortable with it. It becomes a little familiar to you. Is that right? So you'd be more inclined to do things that you wouldn't do if it wasn't around you all the time. Okay, let's see if I can find my place. And, and Uzziah put forth his hand on the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah, and God smote him there for his error, because the Lord had told him not to touch it. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzziah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uzziah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? Now let's just stop right there just a minute. What changed in David's directive? Did the Lord tell David? We didn't go back that far. But basically we already know that the Lord told David to take the ark to his home. But halfway through it, David became afraid. And he left the ark, as you'll see, someplace else. Because David himself became afraid. So it's easy for anybody to become afraid, but that doesn't make it right. So let's look at this. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him, unto the city of David, but carried it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Now, what do you know about Obed-Edom? He wasn't afraid of the ark coming to him. So it was possible that the ark could come to him and him not be afraid. 
So the same thing could have happened with David. If it could go there and him not be afraid, it could go there and him not be afraid. It's a matter of your choice. Because this was David's... This didn't say this was God's choice. It said it was David's choice. And the ark of the Lord continued at the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertains unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought the ark up, the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. It only took David three months to get out of fear. That's better than some of us, 30 years, 40 years. So he got out of fear and, and obeyed the Lord in three months. I'm not judging him. Are you judging him? No way. Three months he got past his fear and he went and got the ark and got it to where it was supposed to go. All right? And the Lord told King David, The Lord ha- has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertains it unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. And so it was. When that they bare the ark of the Lord, it had gone six paces. He sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now, why did David dance before the Lord? We just read you the story. Think just for a minute. Think of a couple of reasons why you might dance before the Lord after this happened. What if you had messed up and not obeyed God? And you got it right. Huh? What happens when you get back in the will of God? You get excited. And the blessings of God are back on your life because maybe you messed up and you're honoring the Lord again and doing what He told you to do. How does that make you feel? It feels like a weight is lifted off of you. And He had messed up so bad that He didn't care who saw what was going on with him, he was so excited about that he was obeying God and that that ark was getting to where it was supposed to go. He was going to let everybody know that he was getting it right and it was coming exactly where it was supposed to go. And that's how we should be. We shouldn't be condemned because we messed up. We should be rejoicing because we're getting it right. We should be, when we get back on track with God, we should be elated. We should be rejoicing. Just because the devil tries to kick you down and mess you up, you don't stay there. David didn't stay there. He rejoiced to the whole wide world, and the whole city came out, and he didn't try to hide it. He threw a party that he got it right. 
of the Lord. And he didn't care who knew it. It's just the devil that wants you to hide when you messed up. But it's God that wants us to rejoice when we get it right. Because then he can honor us. What happened to David then? Huh? Let's read on. So David and all the house of Israel brought the ark of the Lord, shouting with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came to the city of David, Micah, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. That's what sinners do. They don't like it when you get things right with the Lord. And people that don't honor the Lord, guess what? They're going to make fun of you. And if you're ashamed of God, there ain't no way in the world you're going to honor Him. If you're ashamed of the things of God and you don't tell anybody about the things of God and you're ashamed of the people you honor and people say, why do you treat them that way? Why do you do that for them? Why do you do that for that church? Why do you do that? That means you're ashamed. You're ashamed of it. See how quiet it got? You can't be ashamed of the things of God. That's what David was doing. He was showing the whole world that he was not ashamed of anything about God. He was not ashamed of doing anything God told him to do. We have to be that way. We have to be willing to not be ashamed of anything God tells us to do. Whether it be in front of a sinner, our wife, our husband, our brother, our sister, our cousin, our neighbor, whoever it is. If God tells you, pull off all your clothes and dance before me, and they're going to say, they are lunatic. You go to church on Sunday, every Sunday? You give them your money? Yes, I do. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to think you're crazy. They're going to think you're lo- you've lost it. But who is the one that has lost it? Who's the one that lost something? We have to be willing to speak up for God. We have to be willing to honor Him in everything we do, everything we say. Our words have to express God, whether we ever use His name or whether we ever use His language. or or, or What I'm saying is whether we're ever using a scripture or not, we should be honoring God in our demeanor, in our appearance, in the way we act. You can't just come to church on Sunday... And sit in the pew and be a Sunday two-hour Christian. It doesn't work. That's not honoring God. You've got to be willing in the middle of the week to throw off everything and let everybody know just exactly who you are. And if they make fun of you, so be it. They make fun of you. Listen to what happened to Micah. Let's see where I was. Uh, and they, I'll just start at verse 17. Does anybody remember where I was? Good enough. And they brought in the ark of the Lord 
and set it in the place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David burnt, offered burnt offerings and peace offerings unto the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of the offerings, burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well as the women as, women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine so that all the people departed, every one of him to his house. So he fed everybody and sent them home. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet David. Saul came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself uh, today in the eyes of his handmaids and of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. David said to Michael, It was before the Lord which who chose me before thy father and before the, all this household to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord of Israel. Therefore, I will play before the Lord and I will yet more be, and I will be yet more vile than this and will be base in my own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall, what? Be had in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children from that day to the day of her death. People are constantly looking for honor. They're constantly looking for people to respect them. Let's go back to that word. People are constantly looking for people to respect them. They want respect from their children. They want respect from their bosses. They want respect from their co-workers. They want respect from people around them. But they're unwilling to bear it all for the Lord. Because the only way that you get honor... Those who respect me, I will respect. Synonym. If you show respect for the things of God, then he can deal with people to give you respect. If you've been lacking respect in your life, you need to look up and say, who do I truly respect? And it's not a thought respect it's an action respect. If you just want people to thought respect you, then you just do some thought respect. If you want people to action respect you, then you do some action respect. Amen. What you sow, you reap. The Lord is faithful. He is a very faithful God. You'll never find anybody or anything. Singers and band, you can come. I'm basically done. If you want him to honor you and give you all the blessings, he doesn't have favorites. Jerry's not his favorite. I'm not his favorite. He does favor those who favor him. And if you'll keep him first and we'll choose things that we honor and we'll decide to honor the things of God, we'll choose that we take the time and we think Sunday morning is church. What am I going to wear? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the best thing I've got. I'm going to press it. It may be the same thing I have to wear every single Sunday, but I'm going to press it, and I'm going to honor the Lord with this outfit, and I'm going to set it out, and I'm going to make it look good for the Lord. 
It may be a pair of blue jeans with holes in it, but it's going to honor the Lord because it's going to be clean and it's going to be pressed and it's going to look good. And I'm going to focus on tomorrow morning as church. It's going to be a time of honor for me. Instead of getting up 15 minutes before time to go running as quickly as you can and running out the door and being mad and fighting because everybody's running late and you don't have time and, and there's no peace about you and you're bringing nothing with you. And if you have, if you're bringing nothing with you, you have absolutely nothing to give. We should come in here ready to honor the Lord. We should come in here with an ability to honor the Lord. We don't give Him our whole week. People kid themselves. They do good to read their chapter, like Keith said, without texting and looking at the TV and answering their phone and being disrupted 52 times. we got to start somewhere, guys, yes. if we want to be God's favorite. And I'm not kidding you, trying to pretend with you. I've made so many mistakes in my lifetime, I could count them off on my fingers and toes. But when I find it out like David, I go back and I do my best to correct it. And I say, Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Use me the best you can. And that's all you have to do, just like David. Maybe you've missed it over and over and over and over again, just like David did. Maybe you've messed up. Maybe you've blown it. He should have took that ark all the way. There was no reason for him to be afraid of the Lord. Why in the world would he have any reason to be afraid of the Lord? No reason at all. The Lord told him to do a job. He should have done it all the way through. I've been guilty of it myself. You step out to do something and you're like, Lord, can I do this? And you get wobbly and you take a step back and you think, that's just too much, Lord. Because if you're trusting him, he'll come through for you. And you just keep going that direction. And if you don't see how, you say, okay, Lord, you got to do it. I can't do it anyway. I can't get up here and speak in front of you if I'm doing it on my own. I can't do it. And I know I can't. But him in me can. Him in me can. And that's what I depend on. Let's stand up.